Okay, we might have had a couple technical difficulties. At least 38. At least 38. Yeah, we've set this up a couple times. We just can't get our mic uh, perfect, so I think we're good to go. Welcome back, you guys. We've been a lot of places, and we've been to Yellowstone, so we want to chat about that a little bit. I've been everywhere, man. If you guys <laughs> haven't heard that Johnny Cash song, just go Google that after this. We've listened to all the country songs, thanks to Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, I do play a lot of country songs, and I'm not like an overly country person, but when you're just driving across the country, it just feels right. I liked it maybe the first ten times, <laughs> and then um, when it was the same playlist with maybe eight songs... I got a little over it. So Brody didn't really like country from the start. And uh, I'd be playing country music. She'd be like, Dad, can we listen to something else? Except in a lot of areas, um, there's just no service. Yeah. And I'd already downloaded these playlists. So I was like, sorry, babe. <laughs> and so now I fully indoctrinate her at this point. So now she actually sings the songs. Yeah. Now she's back there <laughs> probably subconsciously singing them, to be honest. That's it. That's it. <laughs> oh, wow. So we have just gotten back from Yellowstone. Um I'm sure you guys have seen on the news, they closed Yellowstone, right? They did. What happened? Man, it was insane. So we're from Florida, where it rains all the time. It's very normal. We get to Yellowstone. We're there for two days, and it was beautiful, right? Like, how hot was it? 70? I felt like it was in the 80s, even. I don't think it was in the 80s, but it just doesn't feel wet, so it felt kind of dry. Maybe, like, mid-70s. And then by the third day, it started pouring rain. Yeah. And didn't stop. <laughs> we were very fortunate because the first two days was like so nice, so sunny. We thought that was normal, yeah. like the level of weather we were having. Right. We were like, this is great. We're just going some hikes, <laughs> yeah. shirts off photos. Yeah. And then slowly but surely we started layering. Yeah. It was like a jacket, then it was a hat, then Brody had gloves. It completely changed seasons in two days. Uh, I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't either. I was not ready for it. But you guys probably saw they got a lot of rain and it wasn't just the rain that caused the closure. It was the snow melt. Right. Um, so, yeah, the snow isn't supposed to melt that fast, apparently, with rain included. Yeah, so I guess that was, like, the big issue, right? And so, like, we were enjoying this warm weather, but the problem with that warm weather was it was just literally heating the snow up. And so all the snow heats up, and then it runs down, right? Cuts through all the ravines, gets to the rivers. The river water rises, and yeah. then once it rises enough, it can cause mudslides and everything else. Yeah, so you probably saw, I guess the news had a couple of videos of, like, a house that, like, fell into the river. Yeah. And then there was damage on the roads. And thank goodness um, there is another route to get to where we needed to because when we initially came, we drove through Yellowstone to get to our campground. Right. Um, so thank goodness we. Which I mean, is wild because just the entrance on the south side of Yellowstone where we entered at, from there to get out the west entrance was like 75 miles. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a nice scenic drive, though. It's beautiful. I mean, it's hard unbelievable. to. It is. It's hard to explain. Like. I've never seen anything like it. So you just kind of like see stuff in movies and stuff. And it seems like what you're looking at is like times of old. Yeah. But then you get to Yellowstone and you're like, this is incredible. It's, if you haven't been, it should be something on your list. Because yeah. I would have never chosen, I think, to go. Because I grew up in the country and I right. grew up around a lot of animals. You know, farm animals. So I kind of initially thought it was going to be like a big petting zoo type of thing. <laughs> I did, I swear. Because, you know, I, we have buffalo yeah. We have a buffalo park back home. We have deer. We have all, you know, what you think you see when you go to the plains. Right. But let me tell you, Yellowstone is not like where I grew up. <laughs> it is. It's wild. And obviously, so, you know, there's the uh, 
the floods and stuff going on right now, which really sucks because they've closed down Yellowstone. What did you say the first time in 34 years? years? Yeah. Actually, it might be 33 years. I could be wrong. 33 or 34 years. But the last time they closed it was because there was a huge fire in 1988. Wow. Yeah, pretty crazy. 34 years, you're right. There you go. So it's going to open back up, and when it does, I think there's a couple tips that we could throw out for people. Y'all, we have so many great tips because we were there for a few days, and we've been traveling to other national parks and state parks. But I would say tip number one for Yellowstone is to download the Gypsy Guide app. Yep. That was awesome, right? It was very neat yeah. because um, you're going to lose service inside the park. Yeah. So, like, if you're just trying to look stuff up for yeah. relevancy, that's not going to work. So, what's the gypsy ad? Yeah. Uh, I keep wanting to say ad. I know. He keeps calling it ad. This is not an ad, by the way. They haven't paid us yeah, to do anything. We have no affiliation except for the app where it's awesome and we love it. <laughs> and for some reason, Jordan keeps saying ad. Uh, yeah. So, the Gypsy Guide app, I saw it from another family who does, like, a lot of travels in their RV through state parks and national parks. So it's not just for Yellowstone. Right. Um, so you go on, you download the app for free, and then you choose which park you're visiting. Right. And you download it so when you're offline and have no service, it can track you GPS-wise, and it'll pop up different spots. That's right. I thought it was cool because you get a Yellowstone map for free, but that's where everybody goes. Right, Like, right. everybody's going to Old Faithful. Everybody's right. going to Morning Glory, Mammoth Springs. Um, and this gives you extra tips. Like, we probably could tell you these tips because it played over and over. That's right. Tell them about the Christmas trees, Jordan. Oh, well, little uh, known fact is that the uh, Roosevelt Center, they're named after Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> He was a conservationist at heart, for sure, and he said that as he entered Yellowstone, it looked like Christmas Tree Lane. Now, the funny thing about Christmas Tree Lane is that Teddy Roosevelt also had Christmas trees removed from the White House during Christmas because he felt like cutting down trees was even against his conservation efforts. Now, as you continue on with that, his young son, one year actually smuggled in a Christmas tree into the White House to bring back Christmas spirit, right? So can you tell that we listened to that quite a few times? <laughs> but in true honesty, it's great for kids because it was like a lesson in right. history in the park, and it didn't feel like that, right. though. Yeah, he had a lot of color commentary. It was a lot of fun. He made yeah. a lot of jokes. The guy that's reading on the app, um, it really was entertaining for all ages. It really was. So let's talk about some facts since we're talking about that, mm, do that tell. app, not ad. That's right. <laughs> um, one thing that surprised me was that I didn't know this. Maybe you did. That underneath Yellowstone is a super volcano. A lot of thermic activity there. What the heck? And so there's hydrothermals, which are everywhere, more than anywhere in the world. And explain what a hydrothermal is. Well, hydro is water, right? And then thermal is going to be heat. And so there are specific hydrothermic types of things some of those are hot springs a lot of people are super aware of those some of those are there's mud pots as well that are superheated yeah. right like the uh, clay pots they have there which like um might be hard to understand like what that means it's basically like uh it just bubbling like a big pot of like soup 
Yeah. It looks like mud. Yeah, clay. It's very it's crazy. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So that, and then, of course, what everybody gets stoked about is the geysers. Yeah, Old Faithful. Old Faithful. Tell them about Old Faithful. Old Faithful faithfully had 500 people watch it. <laughs> hey, it was super cool. Oh, you remind me of the Instagram uh, reel going around. Dude, that is with on point. Instagram versus reality, and it's like one lady with like, you know, it could be like Old Faithful in the background. It looks so serene. And then it's like, dun, dun. And then it turns, and there's like a million people there yeah and that's truly i mean it didn't seem like it though well that's what i was gonna say exactly like there were definitely a lot of people in old faithful is called old faithful because you're not certain when a geyser is gonna go off for instance one of the geysers i think it's called steamboat geyser there yeah it didn't erupt for 50 years straight and now it erupted seven times this year. Seven or 17. No, you're right. Seven. Seven times and this year. And what's crazy is it erupted a day before we went. And this thing shoots ah. up like 300 feet high. We didn't get to see it. But either way, Old Faithful is so popular because almost on the exact time can they say when it's going to go off. It's, it's the coolest Multiple thing times ever. a day. Yeah. And you think like, okay, water just coming out of the earth. I mean, it's really an it unbelievable is. experience. And what I thought was crazy is that there's geysers, I mean, and hot springs everywhere. Everywhere. And so you have this, like, wood path, this plank path you follow throughout the whole park when you get to different geysers and hot springs. And literally, if you stepped off that path, you could die. 100%. Yeah, they had signs up, actually. And in the sign would be, like, a parent taking a photo (laughs) of a sign and, like, the child who wasn't listening, like, had stepped off the path. And now, like, the kid's foot's on fire this is like on a sign oh there. yeah yeah insane. It, it is kind of crazy because when you think of old faithful or geysers period you just think like there's like this isolated thing in the woods that somebody found but it's like the entire terrain in this area like all over there were tons of them yeah there were ones that if you found it in any other place you would find it was like super significant yeah but because there was like a couple hundred to thousand others you're like oh look there's another one exactly and it makes sense that there's a volcano underneath that's right. causing like the magmas heating up the water and that's right there's like a mineral called silica that kind of like makes this perfect condition of a geyser that's right um yeah. i really kind of want to know are the hot springs like hot tubs right <laughs> i wanted to get in one they look so relaxing they look so relaxing i guess some of them will melt you yeah and some of them might be relaxing i think some of them you could get in but obviously you don't want millions of people like right you know disrupting that area but oh they look so good yeah the neat thing that i found out about geysers as well which is like unique to this yellowstone area there are geysers but what do they say like three quarters to half of them in the world are in yellowstone i think it's half i think you're right half so because of that silica mineral, that's actually what allows geysers to be created. You have to have this mineral, and the mineral is like rubber cement that will cover the exit of where where water would be heating up. Would other just kind of become a hot spring or, or just yeah. kind of gas off? But because that door gets closed, it gets built up that pressure, and then that's what actually causes it to shoot out. So crazy. So it seemed like Old Faithful went off about every hour, hour and a half, and a half yeah. give or take, yep. it seemed like. Um, yeah, so tip number one, if you're going to any national or state park, check out that gypsy guy. They don't have everything, but you can download it for free. Yeah. And then if they have, you know, what you want, you just pay for that section. Um, number two, if you're visiting Yellowstone, you either want to get up before sunrise Mm. or when the sun sets. Yeah. If you try to go to Yellowstone at 9am in the morning, you're just going to go to downtown LA. Or you're going to be in line (laughs) at Disney World. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's it. Yeah. That's right. So really, truly, if you, if you go, it's. 
getting up early kind of yeah. sucks sometimes, but it's a hundred percent worth it. Yeah, we got the kids up at like four something yeah. and took off. And when we actually got to the uh, entrance to the park, there wasn't even like a a, 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 a park ranger <laughs> yeah. there. There was just a sign that said like grab a map yeah. and an explanation, you know, exactly. brochure. See you later. Yeah. So getting up early not only will get you past all the traffic, but that's when the animals are up. Right. So they're either eating, you know, at, in the morning before the sun rises or at nighttime. So it was, don't you think it was drastically different how many animals we saw? It was wild. You know, at 12 o'clock versus 4.30. I think in like my whole life I've seen like one black bear in the south, like in the wild, maybe two. Really? And we saw like three oh black gosh. bears in a day. We yeah. saw that We saw that grizzly. Grizzly. Um, luckily the grizzly wasn't up close. It was decently far away, yeah. but still within naked eyesight. Right. Um, God, the number of elk was insane. Oh, and the, the bison with their babies. The that babies. Was, that was so cute. Um, the bald eagle. That was really cool. I love, I love the raptors, just man. Just something about like that. The Birds eagle is just, that's just awesome. They're Savage. just, they're just, just never fucking around. They're not. They're just mad. Like, Hey, what are you doing over here? This is my part of the woods. Maybe it's because we're American and the eagle is like the symbol. Everybody knows that that's just a flying freedom. What is that about? I mean, it's something about it. It's like that patriotism. They chose the right bird. That they thing is stoic. Did. Stoic. Um, the other tip is you don't necessarily have to make Yellowstone like a big extravagant cost, right? Yeah. Um, you can fly to the area you can shuttle to the area there's little cabins you can rent a lot of the campgrounds have cabins there's like you definitely and some of the cabins like we saw inside the koa we were staying at were like very very quaint right like definitely affordable so if you're interested in visiting the area you definitely can do it do a little bit of public transportation style yeah they have shuttles that you can take um, like you said, there's lodges, there's ranches you can stay at, there's yeah. cabins. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of options. That's it. And we stayed in West Yellowstone, which is the city of Montana on the west side, the west yeah. entrance, and a really cute city. Adorable. Yeah. They say that's like the most populated. Right. Um, but I would stay there because you have all of the shops, right. the restaurants, and that nostalgic kind of western feel. I yeah. feel like. We're from a tourist town, and so like we get to see what it's like when people are stoked and come on vacation. Yeah. Uh, and we felt the same way. We were there and stoked on vacation, and there was definitely a lot of people, but it didn't feel crowded. No, it really didn't. Yeah. It really didn't. Everybody seemed super chill yep. and, and respectful, I felt like. Yeah. No issues. Um, any other tips? I'm trying to think. Man. Uh, yes. Take some binoculars. Some, are they called binoculars? They're, well, yeah, they're bi. Binoculars. I thought they were called binoculars. Binoculars? I mean, bi sounds right. You can take a monocular as well. <laughs> you can, we actually, if you hold two of them, you can hold them like binoculars. You know so. what? I forgot. Yes, definitely grab you a pair because yeah. um, the grizzly was really far away and we used our iPhone to like zoom in. Yep. But if we had a pair of binoculars binoculars <laughs> you could see a lot of th- a lot of things they're binoculars and there's two of them that's binoculars there we go binoculars um and here's the deal you're going to see a lot of wildlife regardless some of that wildlife uh, there is one last tip right there's a place called the Lamar Valley it's on the northeast side of Yellowstone and it's a valley, right? So it's between mountains. It's a very big valley. There's yeah. a lot of wildlife out there. But because it's so big, you probably need some optics to be able to see. Yeah. I just thought of another tip. Mm. 
have layers because we were talking about the weather right and it seems to change so it was like hot where you could yep. wear just to like a tank top and then it was a little chilly so you need like a little flannel and then it's maybe rain so just have a light rain jacket that's right and you got to be able to layer because at any given point you're gonna have to bust out a tripod and take a selfie photo with okay. your family this guy flexed up shirts off acts like it's the end of the world when i ask him to take his shirt <laughs> off for a photo i'm like we got to get our family picture he's like don't make me do it. I'm like, oh my gosh. But he did it, so thank you. I feel like your response is more dramatic than the reality, but you I'm with you. You were so dramatic. <laughs> you were so dramatic. There's all these nice people walking around, <laughs> and then there's the Bowens just flexing shirts off in front of stuff. And they were having fun with Actually, it. Actually, we, we got asked questions on nutrition and yeah, dieting, and we, we, we just were walking around sharing how to get we fit. We had people photobombing or videobombing with flexing. Remember that? Yeah, so we did it was have fun. that. It was we did a good have time. that. It was a great time. <laughs> Definitely recommend. Uh, one last thing, Yellowstone Grand Tetons is there, which was beautiful. Right. That's another national park that's kind of, I wouldn't say unheard of if you've been in the area, but I had never heard of it. I think it's less prevalent. Me either. Right? Um, it's just south of Yellowstone yeah. and absolutely gorgeous. It's worth just a drive through. Absolutely. Say. Yeah. And then Jackson, Wyoming seemed really cool. Super we neat. We swung through there. Um, but all in all, definitely recommend. Yeah. I was impressed with Wyoming, period. It was a beautiful state. So beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But now we're back in Colorado. Here we go. That's it. Our, our second true love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably before the end of this, we're going to do some heinous hikes. But uh, I think what we're going to talk about today. You tell me. I think we're going to talk about those gains. Gains, huh? Yeah, you know, the thing is, uh, we kind of get asked this a lot. And it's hard to understand. It's like... Um, how do you progress in strength and hypertrophy and aesthetics and get lean and look good and get ready to do it? Yep. Um, I'm going to go grab my notebook real quick. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you really, truly know all the science. And it's it's cool to understand it. And every time I feel like I pick up something else. So right. go on. Yeah. Well, the first thing you have to realize is that the body is designed to do a lot of stuff. Yes. Right? Like survival is the ability to do a lot of things. Kind of like a car can't drive in only one gear right Makes like we're sense. pulling our house right now in an rv if our truck could only run in its highest gear then we wouldn't even be able to get the the rv moving it has to have torque at a low end it has to have that first gear and transfer over the body's the same way i mean so, it makes sense for survival that's we have right to have all i mean we yeah. live in an age now where it's not like back in the day where you had to survive. Yep. Now we survive in a different way, but it's like our bodies were made for specific reasons to do a lot of different things. Exactly. And so when you're looking at what makes the body adapt, you have to realize that first and foremost, the body never wants to lose anything because that equals death. Got you. Right? So you're saying like it doesn't want to lose fat. It doesn't want to lose. That's what you mean? It doesn't want to lose fat. It doesn't want to lose lifting. It doesn't. Here's a for instance. Let's say I'm in the wild and I have to wrestle this small predator, right? Yeah. Mountain lion or whatever it is, right? I understand it has claws and all that. Just go with me for a minute. You're fighting for your life. How many muscles would your body want to use if it had to have that fight? It'd want to use everything. everything that it could. It's not going to try to say, you know what? While fighting this cougar, this mountain lion, I think I just want to isolate my delts. Let's isolate the pecs. I'm going to just build bigger pecs and delts. <laughs> no, it's trying to survive. So we're hardwired to survive. Yeah. So I gotta, go I gotta take just because you're bringing this up. I need to let the other the world know this. Yes. Okay. 
let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. You think you could take down a mountain lion? With a spear, 100%. Do you think you could take down a bear? With a spear, yeah, absolutely. Seeing a grizzly bear, you think you could take I it down? I will absolutely kill it, if with a spear. Stop it. I will hit that thing first off. All right, here's a good, here's a good for instance. Predators are used to being predators. They don't flank positions in the mid of fight. They don't take angles. They don't do any of this stuff. You think that, it's just going to be like, roar, like a Yeah, it's like going to run. It's going to run right at me to kill me, and I'm going to put the spear You're just going to kneel down and just hold that yeah, spear? Yeah, exactly like Braveheart Stop where it. the horses run at Truly? him. I'm smoking this thing just like that. Now, if this thing gets the jump on me and I'm not paying attention, I'm dead. If I'm coming walking through and it sees <laughs> and, and, and I'm not spear prepared, I'm dead. I'm saying... This is a sanctioned fight. You're a gladiator, is what you're saying. I'm a gladiator. I'm killing that thing. That's it. Really? 100%. All right. For all you people that are doubters, set it up. (laughs) (laughs) I just... Okay. All right. And continue. I just had to put that out there. So there's a couple different things, like when we're looking at body adaptation, right? And the first is to label when the body does something, anything, period. That's a type of strength. Got it. Right? So the first type of strength we're going to look at is absolute strength, right? And so let's talk about survival. We're walking through the woods. All of a sudden, this big boulder falls over on you, and now I have to get that boulder off of you. Okay, yeah. I don't have to be able to move fast. I don't have to do that a lot. I don't have to jump really high. I got to pick up this heavy-ass boulder. Yeah. Right? That's absolute strength. Like your max. Max. Max strength. That's right. When you go in and do a max deadlift, a.k.a. picking up a boulder, that's your absolute strength. How much can I do it one time? Okay. Right? So the next strength you're looking at that's a little less strength and a little bit more speed is called strength speed. Oh, okay. wow. It's, it's labeled very nicely, yeah, right? Yeah, I was going to say. That's First right. word I need to concentrate more on. Second word, less. Bingo. And so with strength speed, it would be kind of like I'm picking up this heavy boulder, throwing it, not the same boulder because it's not the same level of strength but a very big boulder and now i'm going to as forcefully and as quickly as possible throw it over this hill onto this bear's head to kill it okay right yeah so that means i the and by the way people that have really high strength speed are some of the scariest people in the world because they're athletic and strong Got you. Right? Yeah. So these are the ones that like when you watch uh, you watch Biggie do something crazy and you're like, whoa, okay, well, that's a scary guy because yeah. he's not only strong, but he's athletic and fast as well. Yeah. So the next strength is going to be speed strength, okay. right? As you see the word switch there. A little there, more speed than little strength. A little more speed, a little less strength, but still requires strength. Yeah. And so here's throwing a javelin would be speed strength. Okay. Right? So I'm going to hurl this javelin now through the bear's chest again this is three for jordan right now zero for the bear right (laughs) the bear has high strength speed and absolute strength for sure um then your next strength that's going to come off of that is going to be unique from the first three we talked about and it's going to be called explosive strength now the difference between explosive strength and the first three or the first three all dealt with one thing. Do you remember what that might be? Strength. They definitely are all strength. They're dealing with moving something that's not you. Got you. Right? So in absolute strength, you're picking up an external load. In the strength speed, you're picking up an external load. In the speed strength, you're picking up an external load. Explosive strength is how fast you can move you. Okay. Okay. And so, for instance, like a gymnast would be 
explosive strength primarily tons of explosive strength in gymnastics absolutely okay. right so anytime you're moving or a sprinter sprinter absolutely okay. um and what's neat is these things aren't all independent they all help build upon each other it's okay. just you have to know how to focus in that area to help maximize the gains in that area yeah but they're not mutually independent they do support each other of course right okay so yeah. but you'll find that in only one concentration in one area for too long, you're going to get a great detriment. So they'll cease to be helping each other and start to be hindering each uh, other. I understand. Right? So explosive strength in the wild is the bear's chasing me and I jump up on top of a boulder. You parkour over I it. I parkour and over it. And you kneel it. down with your spear and you just wait for it to attack. That's right. That's right. Exactly like that. Little backflip off. you throw your javelin and use your speed strength. Listen, I'm strangely athletic, okay? Don't play with me. Honestly, I, I will you are. It's kind cartwheel of over and stab this bear. I know it sounds silly to y'all, but I'm going to survive i know you will just, <laughs> it's hard for me to like think that that could happen but. all right so those are some of our first strengths right they deal with like how we're going to interact with the world then you have something that's called strength endurance uh -huh. right and that means how many times can i do any of these exercises for multiple durations got you right um running is a strength endurance doing curls is strength endurance anything yeah. that's a repetitive movement is going to be strength endurance now there's varying levels of that even if you're only doing a two rep there is some strength endurance to that how many times can i maintain that high level of strength yeah with endurance Got right you. absolutely and so when you're looking at all these strengths there is some commonalities of how you build these up and there are requirements so to be strong at anything First and foremost, you have to have good control of your nervous system. And that makes total sense. Right. Because you have to be able to control it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's three main responses when we're looking at the nervous system, right? When we say nervous system, we literally mean, I think I'm going to do something in my mind. Then I send that signal through my central nerves down to my peripheral nerves all the way down to something that's called the synaptic cleft, which is the little light switch at the level of the muscle. Those nerves have three different things that we have to train. And the first of those is your rate, right? Okay. So what's rate? You tell me. How fast you can turn that muscle on. So okay. from the... How long does it take for the signal to leave the central nervous system, get to the synaptic cleft, and the muscle to respond? That's the rate. Yeah. And so here, like an example of that would be, let's say I were doing a 300-pound clean, right? I have uh, to turn on five muscles, right? And I have less than, let's say, half a second to do it. These are arbitrary numbers just for the yeah. sake of an example. But if I go to turn on the five light switches and it takes me three quarters of a second to turn on the last one then i won't get the lift right if i can turn on all five light switches in half a second then i'll get the lift right yeah so that's the rate that's how fast can the light switch get turned on i'm going down too far but how do we turn those on <laughs> that's a great question that's a great question and i tell you what i'm gonna we're gonna cliffhang that for a little oh, bit later. First, okay. let's just identify the whys and the whats, and then we'll talk about I the know, hows. I know, I just had to ask. Okay. Yeah, I Because I know you guys are thinking it too. Yep, that's right. So I want to be able to be faster, right? So faster is a rate issue. How do we get faster? We'll talk about that in a little bit. Next is going to be rhythm, right? Yeah. And so what rhythm looks like is if all of your muscles just simultaneously flexed <laughs> and there was no rhythm to it, you would be like that fainting goat. That's me when you scare me. 
It is. Everything seizes. I literally yesterday was hiding in a closet Gosh. waiting for Jess to come there. And as she opened it, I think I reset I reset her entire programming system for about 20 minutes. You really did. And here's my problem. I don't know if anybody else out there is the same. He could scare me in one spot. And like 20 minutes later, I could know you're there and still open the open that closet and you would scare me yeah one time we we're on a road trip to illinois oh my god and it was like 11 o'clock at night and i had to run into walmart <sighs> to get something i don't remember what it was but while i was in walmart i saw a jason mask as well and i was like oh i'm getting her so i buy this jason mask just needlessly i, I go outside it. i like bear crawl across the parking <laughs> lot so she can't see me in the in the side view mirror and then i like low crawl up to it and i slowly just sneak up and she's like doing something on the phone, sitting there. And I don't move. I just put my face like right against it with this Jason mask. And eventually she like gets that, I always feel yeah, yeah. like. That feeling? Yeah. yeah. Somebody's. And so she turns her head. She sees me and she's just like. Ugh. Yeah. I was a fainting goat. Okay. How do we fix rhythm? All right. So when we're looking at rhythm, imagine you're doing a wave inside of a stadium. Right. Yeah. And so everybody's doing the wave. One person raises their hands up. Then the next person raises their hands up. The third person, as the third person's coming up, the first person hands comes down. And that rhythm, that yeah. wave goes all the way around the stadium. So that's the next neurologic thing that our body has to be able to do is it has to be able to, like an accordion, control our muscles. Because all the way down, right, at the at the, the level of what's called the actin and myosin inside of the muscle, they kind of look like little hockey sticks that have a hinge at the bend. And so that hockey stick will grab a puck and it will hinge it back and pull it back and then it goes back and grabs another. And so okay. that rhythm, uh, maybe a better example that makes even more sense is if you imagine you got 10 people in line and you have a pail of water in the per first person's hand, they're gonna hand that yeah. to the next person, to the next person, to the next person. That's the rhythm. That's okay. how muscle needs to fire in a rhythm. And last is the pattern. And the pattern means how much of the muscle is actually being turned on. So the first was how fast. The second was the the manner in which the light switches come on yeah. in a rhythmic pattern. And the last is going to be pattern, which is, again, if you imagine the stadium, and now you have a 1,000 people in the stadium, but only 300 of them are doing the wave, Yeah. right? So you would still have the same rhythm, but you don't have the same number of people doing it. And so that's a low pattern. Wow. So these are the different things when you're looking at strength. On just the nervous side, you have to increase your speed, you have to increase your rhythm, and you have to increase your pattern okay. in order to help better develop what the athlete's going to be like in any one of those areas, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds really complex it, in only one section. That's right. So the neat thing is you can do a lot of things wrong and progress. Okay. Right? And we see that all across the world. Like if you go to a gym with a high effort and you work out hard, you're probably, let's say, if we had to put a percentage, you're gonna get 70-80% of a great outcome regardless, Yeah. right? Um, in fact, this is why form is so important. I was about to say that. That's yeah. right. Well, I was gonna say, it's so interesting that you can do just, you know, a lot of things just doing what you do and you can get 70-80% right. pretty good. Right. But like, that extra 20%, if you nail it down correctly, it seems, 
like pretty awesome. Right. And early, you can get a much higher percentage. Later, the longer you've been doing something, you're going to get very diminished returns <laughs> yeah. without a beautiful form. Well, it's like you, the new person at the gym that's getting 20-pound PRs. 20-pound PRs. You've been PRs. working out for 10 years, and you maybe get like a 5-pound. A that's that's right. a big deal, a 5-pound right. PR. Yeah. yeah, if you've been working out for a long time, all you have to do is like load the weight on the bar and take the weight off. You don't even have to <laughs> squat. You're going to get stronger, right? It's so true. And so... This is why form is so important. A lot of people, when they think about form, they think about that being a safety issue. Right. Right. But the body's pretty resilient. It's yeah. honestly harder to hurt yourself than it is to um, not hurt yourself. I guess it's very easy to be safe-ish for long periods of time. Yeah. The reason form is so important is so you can make sure that you're meeting the desired intention of your training. Yes, and it also seems like what you're saying is you're building those correct neural pathways if mm-hmm. you do it right initially That's right. versus doing it wrong and then maybe your rate rhythm and pattern is off for so long. That's right. And then it's hard to kind of like go back to that good form. That's right. And so check this out. This is what number two of strength requires is so first you have to have a strong neuroendocrine response, right? The endocrine side is the hype man for the nerves right and what does that mean it's like your norepinephrine your epinephrine and um what are those those are when people say uh my adrenaline right okay so they're the hype man for the nerves right (laughs) the nerve has to run down the hallway and turn on a light switch (laughs) and the hype man's like you got this shit (laughs) right so as it fires up the guy running down the hallway it has a stronger response got you that's That's the that's the sympathetic nervous system side yeah yeah yeah, exactly you don't want any parasympathetics in there when you're trying to get a pr that's right but after you finish working out for recovery yeah you do want the parasympathetic. You don't want that hype man running all day, all night. That's right. Hype man's running all the time. You're never going to recover. So you want the hype man to chill after you work out. Then for the adaptation, you want the parasympathetic, the relaxed man, to come and go, hey, that light switch is good. In <laughs> fact, go relax. We're going to rewire that light switch now so it works even better. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Right? So that's the recovery side. And we can talk about that in another piece, how to... Um, start to stimulate recovery and how to speed that up. And, yeah. and, and that side of the adaptation is super important. And that's crazy because it seems like it plays such a big part. Huge. In it. That's right. Okay, cool. Well, we get our mindsets about getting on the grind, right? Like working out real yeah. hard and progressing. And so if we're only staying in that sympathetic drive side, yeah. then we're never really recovering and changing out the light switch to a better light switch. Makes total sense. That's right. So then the second thing we're looking at after the neuroendocrine system is your energy systems. Okay. It doesn't matter how much you have a desire to do something if you don't have the musculature to back that i'm sorry the energy to back that musculature up then you're not going to be able to do it and by energy you mean food right i mean yes i like mean the, the amount you ate exactly the, the food energy. is going to help you have the right energy exactly after the food it's going to be turned into atp right adenosine yeah. triphosphate which is the batteries that your body opens up in order to do something Okay. Right? And so you're going to store that in three different ways. One is with the phosphocreatine level, which is like you can unpack these batteries very quickly, but you can't store that many. Kind of like you're trying to start a fire. You got like a bunch of gasoline, right? Not, I'm sorry, not a bunch. You have enough gasoline, right? And then it fizzles out. And then after that, that's right. Then the next thing in starting that fire is going to be your glycolytic, right? Which is going to be like the kindling in your fire. You have some smaller stuff that's not going to catch on as quickly 
but it catches on easily and gets the fire going. And then last is you have your oxidative, which is going to be the first that you have that really requires oxygen, yeah. which is those big logs. Got you. Right? Okay. And so, um, you know, that analogy doesn't prove true for moving everything because some things just require a little gasoline, yeah. right? One rep max. I was about to say, yeah. Just pour some gasoline on Throw it. Throw it on. That's right. Um, you know, a sprint to the truck to grab the spear to kill the bear to run back real quick, right? Might take 30 seconds to get there, get back and stab the bear. All that's going to take is that medium level energy. Yeah. I don't have to kill a thousand bears. I got to kill one bear, yeah. right? But then... Uh, okay, in killing the bear, I got stabbed a little bit. Now I have to run two miles in order to get to a hospital. That's going to take the logs. Yeah, that makes sense. That's right. So the different types of strengths have different energy system requirements as well. And the ability to continue those movements is going to come down to energy systems as well. Hmm. Right? So now we have two things that are contributor to strengths, to strength on all these different platforms of strength. And the third that cannot be overlooked is what's called cross-sectional area. Right? Okay, what's that? Yeah, it is basically, the easiest way to say it is how thick is your muscle? Thick as in, if I'm looking at somebody, how big their muscle looks? Oh yeah, the gains, right? <laughs> so it is from side to side, that cross-section, how wide yeah. is that muscle? Now there's a lot of things that contribute to a thick muscle. Some are more fibers, some are thicker fibers. Some are more organelles, which means like the tiny little organs inside the cells. Some are glycogen and water storage. Some yeah. is soft tissue. Some could even be fat, right? Like you could get a ribeye, there's some fat around that. So you can have fat in your arm that will make your arm look bigger, even if it's not muscle, and it's still going to increase some of that CSA, that cross So it will make area. you a little stronger as well. Absolutely. Like bulky makes you a little stronger. Yeah, man, big people get strong. Okay. Right? And if we had this heavy boulder, right, that we had to lift up with a two by four, if you only had like a three foot two by four, like the length of your arm, and you put that down and went to kind of press that and lift it, the longer I make that two by four, the better leverage I'm gonna have. I make that a six foot, a nine foot, a 12 foot two by four, I'm gonna have great leverage to lift that boulder now. Got and you. that's what having bigger CSA is, bigger muscle, oh. bigger soft tissue, bigger fat in between. So we wanna look good, so fat's probably not what we're looking for. Right. So the two areas we're looking for is gonna be your hyperplasia, which is everything that gets added to the muscle that's not muscle fibers. Okay, but also can make you stronger. And bigger, right? Mm, interesting. And then the other is hypertrophy, which is making the increasing the number of fibers or increasing the density of the fibers. Okay. It is without drugs, anabolics, it is difficult to increase the number of fibers, right? Really? So this is one of the reasons why Slade is getting drastically stronger than you faster. Yeah, well, okay. Time out. What is up with that? Because I'm bigger... <laughs> Right? I'm for old, now. Uh, yeah. For now, right? Um, so he's 13. Our son is 13 years old. I'm 37. I weigh 135 pounds. He weighs 100 pounds maybe. Yep. And he is coming close to my weight. So we look side by side. I have bigger muscle than him. Why is he stronger than me? He's got testosterone. Is that really what it is? It Listen, it's that important. Testosterone is, from a muscular standpoint, the most anabolic thing that can happen. And so it's not only that... It has, remember we talked about the hype man? Yeah. So the hype man for muscle growth for men 
is going to be testosterone. For women, there's a lot of growth hormone that matters. Like young females often have higher growth hormone than young males. So this is one of the reasons why girls tend to get taller than boys faster because they have high growth hormone. And then boys end up shooting past Past them eventually with a much higher testosterone count. Wow. And, you know, it makes sense because in like jujitsu, for instance, boys and girls can compete against each other until it's about the teenage years. Till the testosterone drip comes. Okay, so that brings me to the question. Sometimes you'll see somebody who doesn't necessarily look big, but is extremely strong. Are you talking about me a couple years ago? No. (laughs) (laughs) What's up with that? Okay, so remembering that, that the size of the muscle is only one of the three kind of criteria we're looking at here. Right. Right? Okay. Now that is when we're talking about the three things that you need to have a strong muscle. Yeah. That's not going to be independent of the stability that that muscle needs. And here's what I mean by that. If I'm going to do a squat and I'm standing on concrete, I have a good stability in my feet. If I'm going to do a squat and I'm standing on a waterbed, yeah. I'm losing a lot of stability. And so now my body's ability to exhibit force is going to come way down because the stability came down. That makes sense. Right? Yeah. And now if I'm standing on marbles, then I'm going to be very, very diminished in my strength because I lost so much stability. Huh. Right? So what's the most important part when it comes to stability? First is going to be your core. Yeah. And if you have a really strong core, you're going to have stronger extremities. And because you're going to have stronger stability and you're going to be able to manifest and and display that strength at a much higher level, next is going to be very important is to have good contact with the ground, right? So strong low legs, strong stabilizers, all your stabilizers help make sure that when your mobilizing muscles are able to do stuff that they have a great stability to do it right yeah so it's like you get ready to bench press go out and do your max bench press then drop it to 50 percent of that and hang off some water jugs on the side of that thing that make it the same weight or hang some kettlebells that make it the same weight and try that same weight with far less stability and you're going to be nowhere near as strong crazy right um when you're talking about all these different types of strengths i feel like for instance i can think about myself and i feel like naturally I'm more of a strength endurance athlete. Mm-hmm. Now if somebody's more of like an absolute strength or strength speed, like they can say, okay, that sounds like me. I'm better at sprinting versus long duration. Can you make yourself better at yes. those other strengths? Yeah, that's in fact what I was going to say is that what we think we are probably has more to do with what we've done than what we're capable of. Really? So if somebody that's born yep. and you take them and you maybe train them in only one aspect you think that it's because you trained them that way that's how they're built or i think that when you compare you to others you might feel like i am this kind of athlete but if you stop comparing yourself to others and say what can i do to increase my absolute strength or what can i do to increase my strength speed or whatever in these areas then you as an athlete are going to dramatically grow in that space regardless of what the comparative analysis with other athletes are. Okay. So, yes. Yeah, that you, makes sense. That's right. But do you think, question that... Do I think people are naturally higher in certain yeah, strengths? Yeah. Absolutely. Of course they are. Do you think it's yeah. because of their body types? I or? think it's all kinds of things. I think it's nurture and nature. I think that there's... Um, I know that 
I found as I was a child, I always had a high neurologic control. I've always been yeah. stronger than guys bigger than me. Yeah. Um, so for me, I must have always had good neurologic control and good core stability. Right. I've, I've just always had it. Now, I'm even stronger now than I was before because I concentrate in these areas. What I didn't have a grade of is very much aesthetic hypertrophy, right? Yeah. Like I didn't look as athletic as I was or as strong as I was. And the question is, how come? Right. right? Why, well, I didn't have great cross-sectional area. I had great neurologic control, but not great cross-sectional area. So the next question is, how do we get more hypertrophy? How? Right. right? Because for us, when we say fit, right, when the Bowens say fit, that means that you're strong, right? This is our militia fitness way, by the way, that all of our athletes, we want them to be strong. We want them to be conditioned. And we want them to look aesthetically like an athlete. Right, right. Right? So if you want to build a bigger muscle, let Chef shake in the background. <laughs> he uh, he doesn't care if we're doing a podcast, right? Go lay down, puppy. And side note, why do pit bulls have everything? They have the the looks. They're militia. They have the They're looks. militia athletes. They, they got have conditioning, conditioning. Strength. <laughs> athleticism. He's looking at us like, yeah, And okay. adorable eyes. <laughs> So for us, we want an athlete to be strong, we want them to be conditioned, and we want them to have an aesthetic. So if you're trying to increase the aesthetic, you have to remember this. If I'm fighting for my life, if I'm fighting a bear, my body doesn't want to use just one muscle. Right. Right? I'm just going to work these pecs, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I'm training hypertrophy, I have to figure out how do I just train that muscle to make that muscle bigger. Yeah. But if I only concentrate on singular muscle, what's going to happen to the rest of the nervous system? You're not going to have it. You're not going to be yeah. as strong. That's so right. you have to train everything. That's right. And how do we do that? How do we approach these things? How do we do that? I think we're going to cliff note it. We're at 44 oh, minutes. Okay. <laughs> well, I am looking forward to next week because I think it's so cool to be well-rounded. I yeah. think that, you know... I want to do exactly what you said. I want to look good, but I want to feel like an athlete. Yep. You know, I want, I want So to we're going to open up, I think, next week on how do I build bigger muscles? How do I keep those muscles strong? How do I stay lean? We're going to, we're going to kind of talk through some of these different points um, on ways to approach this. I'm excited. This All right. It's going to be great. Okay. We got to close it out. Oh, okay. No, what you got? We have what you got? What questions. you got? Okay. Let's see. What household chore have you never done? Hmm. I, you know what? I don't think that I have got on my hands and knees. <laughs> I've cleaned up spills, but I don't think I have cleaned the entire floor with a rag on my hands and knees. I have seen you do that numerous yeah, times. You do a lot. I was going to say, you've done the dishes. You do the laundry with me a lot. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of something like other than that. I try know. to chore love you, right? Yeah. Throw some chores It's not like there. you're just doing it. You, you ask me what yeah. I haven't done. I think that would be what I haven't done. I think so too. I got I got beat up knees from the military oh my God. back. <laughs> you're more of like a global issue. You yeah. don't see the small things. So like you don't I fixed the, the leak, the plumbing, yeah, exactly. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right. Next question. What shampoo and conditioner do you use? I use what's, um, this is a really, really uh, specific answer. And what I like to use is two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. <laughs> I knew it. You guys, I have never seen this dude use shampoo or conditioner yeah. our whole lives. Yeah. Like ever. And you probably would think that like I smell or my hair smells yeah. or something. I don't. I no. use soap or whatnot he on has my body. great hair. Yeah. And he hates when I say that. I got like, good hair. He's like, what does that mean? I'm like, you have the volume, you have curls, you have like 
all of it. Listen, I just believe that and there's like nothing. a natural level of oil or whatever on your tissue. Oh, no, no, no. You do something. Most of the time, if we're not here, you do salt water. What was that? Oh, You're like in the, in the ocean? ocean? That's yeah. true. He I will ocean it up. That's our kids, too. Um, Our son doesn't want it. He's never used shampoo in his hair. And he's so handsome. He's so handsome. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, another question. How do you like you to cook your eggs? How do you like your eggs cooked? Okay, well... Guys, you're going to think less of me after this, but I actually asked Jess to just give me the yolk. Yeah, this guy's she ridiculous. She'll put egg whites on stuff. I just want the yolk, so she, I eat a lot of egg yolks. You know what's interesting, though? Before, you know, you've done this our whole lives. You've right. always asked for just the yellow, the yolk part, and then you did that allergy test. Right. And it said you were allergic to egg whites. Yeah, so it said, it said I had a, an irritation to egg whites, and so it was an intuitive, I guess. Yeah. A um, couple more. What about though? you? What about you? How do you like your eggs? I like, depends. If I have nothing with them, scrambled. If uh-huh. I have bacon or toast, over easy. Interesting. Because you're going to break the yolk. You want to soap it up a little. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then you're going to like scoop the bacon up, put it on the toast. Raindrop. Yeah. Delicious. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is one skill you really want to master? Hmm. I cannot sing. I wish I could. I have almost thought about uh, taking vocal lessons, but I'm like... 40 years old and like that's just ridiculous but that would be the one thing that I, I wish I could do was sing. I thought you were going to say that or learn language different language yeah. yeah I'm still trying to pursue different languages I barely got English down though so yeah well it is what it is how about you um one is one thing I want to master I, honestly I just want to be able to like hold a handstand like mm. for as long as possible or like walk on my hands interesting but I can't <laughs> I mean I, I was getting you're better you're actually pretty good you know, at like it. progress and right. then if I stop it's like just doesn't come naturally uh I don't know. That's something I want to you get back on. You must get better rate, rhythm, and pattern Where control. Where is it at? Where's my stability at? Uh, what was the best toy of the 90s? This is a good one. Stretch Armstrong. I knew I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. I knew it. I had a Stretch Armstrong that like fell off the side of my bed, <laughs> and I forgot that it had fallen down there. And what eventually happened was like it got crushed by my bed somehow, and I got to figure out what Stretch Armstrong was made of. And it's basically just corn syrup. Is it really? It feels like it, yeah. My favorite was probably like My Little Ponies, Cabbage Patch Kids. That's hilarious. Yeah. I don't remember what these wrestling buddies were called. Yeah, though. the punchers. Yeah. Yeah. But they were like those. Um, they were basically wrestling stuffed animals that you could yeah. beat the life out of. Those were super cool. Nineties toys were legit. Nowadays, it's like kid. A kid gets a it's toy. It's mostly technology. And then they're over it. And like, I mean, how long did you have your Stretch Armstrong? Until Forever. It, until you lost it. Until R.I.P. Stretch. R.I.P. <laughs> Do we have any more? Or are we done? I think that's it. Sign us out. I got one more question. Okay, what you got? I got it. <laughs> How many pillows do you sleep with? Well, I would prefer to sleep with one or two, but I live with Jess, so I sleep with whatever the bear gives me. Oh, I could sleep with 20 pillows. Jesse's the princess in the pee. I need a pillow like, I need like a body pillow. I want a side pillow. I want a pillow just to make me feel comfortable because Jordan won't get me a weighted blanket. Jesse's like Fiona from Shrek, right? From Shrek, right? Is a princess in the day, and then when it comes nighttime, she's like... I'm trying to get my sleep. I'm trying to recover <laughs> my neural my neural system. I'm they, trying to that be neurologic in system. My get that endocrine system to relax a Listen, little bit. Trying to recover. Oh, all jokes Don't aside, you you share the pillows plenty. Okay. All right, man. We'll sign this out uh, next week. Talk about some strength, how to get bigger muscles, how to get them. You guys, you know, I'm ready because I'm gonna be taking notes. All right, JB right. Square. <laughs>